Thanks for listening today to In 16 Years. I'm Amy, and this is a podcast where I talk about what I've learned in 16 years of living with stage 4 endo, severe IBS, fibromyalgia, and interstitial cystitis. My name is Brittany, and I live with celiac disease, anxiety, and my own hormonal fun. We hope this show will inspire you, empower you, and help you feel supported on your own health journey. Brittany and I are not doctors, dietitians, mental health professionals, experts on endometriosis, or any kind of qualified medical professional. So that means that none of the information we share on this podcast is medical or mental health advice. If you get inspired by something we say, always consult your qualified medical professional first before making any changes. Today we're going to talk about the kinds of questions that we ask ourselves about our endometriosis and about our life. Are we asking ourselves empowered questions? Are you asking yourself any questions? <laughs> I mean, never mind empowered questions. Do you mean right now, Brittany, or do well, you mean in general? When, I mean when in, am I asking in these general, questions? Are you okay, asking general. any questions about endo to yourself? You know, a few years ago, if you're asking me, because I don't know who you're, I don't I know who you're asking I'm looking now. right at you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> So a few years ago, honestly, I was not asking myself any questions about my endo. And well, one, I didn't know how to endo, but two, about like my symptoms in general. Like I wasn't asking any kind of questions, not even empowered questions. Questionless. So basically, <laughs> I was lost in a sea. I was questionless. What I was doing was I I was complaining a lot about how I felt, which I think is fair. Yeah, which is okay. Like I don't want to feel guilty for expressing how I felt at the time. But at the time, I was complaining a lot because it was really, really hard. But when I learned about how to ask questions to myself that were empowered, I'll have to say that my everything just turned around. Everything changed. Things started to get better. I started to find solutions. I started to look at life from a more empowered stance because I was asking empowered questions. I mean, that's the point is that asking yourself empowered questions helps you to feel like you have a little bit of control to find a solution or it may help you to feel like you're thinking critically or that you have some insight. So asking yourself important questions is more than just rhetorical. It can actually help spur you to find the solution to your question. So maybe we should give some examples of what empowered questions are versus disempowered questions. So here are two questions for you, Brittany. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Brittany. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> saying my name like that, it sounds foreboding. Here's two questions. Mm -hmm. Why me versus what can I do to live with this? Which one is the empowered question? I feel like it's not really a hard answer, so. They get it right the first time. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Uh, door number two. Five. Door four, number two. Three. Final answer. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. What did I win? Nothing. You won my respect. <laughs> I didn't already have that. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm leaving. <laughs> so do you ever find yourself asking the question, why me? Because I found myself asking the question, why me, all the time in the past. Why me? Why do I have all these health problems? Why do I have another thing to deal with when life is already hard enough? I mean, those questions didn't really help me, right? When I asked those questions, 
it made me feel like a victim. It made me feel disempowered. And it made me fill with rage, filled like furious with how unfair and how difficult life can be. And then on top of that, when I asked why me, like, why me? What did I do to deserve this? And in this way, it made me blame myself. Why me? Why am I sick? Is it because I'm not good enough? Is it, Brittany? Is it because I'm not good enough? Am I not good enough? Is that why I'm still freaking sick for 16 years? Not good enough at what? Um, staying home? Uh, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> no. Well, Coloring? Uh, no, you're a pretty good colorer. You have some merit there. I mean, you're not going to be like an artiste or anything. But, <laughs> but I think the the sad part about that is that's something that we kind of naturally do as humans is say, well, what did I do to deserve this? The answer is you didn't do anything to deserve this. Nobody deserves endometriosis and nobody does anything to deserve it. It's not like you were like in the womb of your mother going, oh, when I grow up, I want to have endometriosis. And then. Well, how do I know I didn't do that? I don't remember. Okay, but you like don't have independent thought when you're a fetus. So (laughs) pretty sure you didn't do that. And you didn't know what endometriosis was. I could have been a super developed genius, but I probably would have gone to Harvard and that didn't happen. So I'm going to retract that. But you're not. Yeah. But I think that's like that's unfair to do to yourself because you didn't do anything to deserve this. You don't deserve it. And there's nothing you could do or not do to deserve it or more or less. This is just something that happened and it sucks. But asking yourself why me and why did I what did I do to deserve this doesn't really get you anywhere because there's no why. There isn't an answer to that. Hopefully one day there will be an answer to why in general, like yes, the cause, because no one knows and no we one don't know. knows what causes endo. As we explained in the episode on the causes of endometriosis, most likely we are born with endo, not because you asked for it in the womb, but because of a genetic defect that happens as an embryo in the formation of the malarian duct. It is so common and probably more common because there's so many that are still undiagnosed Mm -hmm. because it takes it's so difficult to be diagnosed via our current medical system. Well, if doctors would actually listen to women in pain instead of dismissing them or just telling them they have anxiety, it would probably take a lot less time to be diagnosed. And one in 10 is a lot of people with no answer to why, let alone why me? Well, those feelings are natural, especially when we feel like we're the only one going through something. Then it does feel like, why me and why no one else? I'm sure learning that you actually had a serious illness that unfortunately is quite common helped with those feelings. Yeah, it really did. It helped me stop feeling like I was singled out. Gosh, Brittany, I feel like (laughs) If you were thinking for me, then I probably would have worked through my feelings of guilt and inadequacy much faster than I managed to. Well, I wish I could have been there just inside your head like a little ant inside going, okay, let's connect this feeling to this feeling and this struggle to this struggle. And it would have gone a lot easier for you, but unfortunately it was not. (laughs) So, Brittany, all-knowing one. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Then I'd know why people got endo. Oh, my God. I'm not that omniscient. Tell me a better question than why me. So the better question than why me is our empowered option, which is what can I do to live with this? It's a question that's hard to ask yourself because you're like, ugh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. sucks. I don't oh. want to have to figure out what to, how, it's not like it's an easy question. It's not like, just ask yourself and then everything will be great. That's not what we're saying. But at least, like, asking yourself this question is a question that could help you find a solution that could improve the questions and just your well-being. So this one is, like I said, the empowered one, the one that sparks the thought, the creativity, the solution, the actual chance at achieving some kind of okayness with endo. Even dare we say peace and happiness. (gasps) Eventually. (gasps) Long down the road. Don't ever use those words in the same sentence with endo. Peace Peace and happiness Uh is possible. I love it. Even with endo. It sparks, this question sparks hope. It does because there is hope that it can be okay. It's not okay right now. It may not be okay next week or next year. But there is a place when you can live with and deal with this where it can be okay. Well, what I love about this question is that it's a question that is striving for something. What can I do to live with this? You're taking back the control. You're taking back the power. And when I started asking myself this question about a couple years after I got sick, it led me to totally rethink my whole life, my lifestyle, my sleep habits, my food, my exercise, my stress level, all those pillars of health. I was like, I need to do all this differently because clearly what I'm doing is not working for me. And the really cool thing is, is that the deeper I went with this question, what can I do to live with this? What can I do? Like, how can I do more? I realized that one, as we said, it was not so hopeless as I had thought because there was things that I could do. Like, I cannot control that I have endo. Because if I did, I would not have endo. Or would I? Am I statistic? No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> got real dark. But if I did, I wouldn't have endo. But guess what? The fact that I can control things that I do that affect my endo, it's so empowering. And it brings back that, like what you said, like life became a lot more bearable when I started making changes. It made me feel proud of myself for taking care of myself. It actually led to real solutions where after a couple of years, my diarrhea got in control and my chronic pain got in control and I could hold a job for the first time after a couple of years of not being able to hold a job in my early 20s. That was revolutionary. Big miracles and victories. Okay. <laughs> right? And so asking myself that question, changing from why me to what can I do, made a situation that under why me, it just felt so impossible to live with endo. And then when I asked myself, what can I do to live with endo? By asking myself the question, I set myself up to find solutions and things became possible that I didn't think were possible. So that's an example. Question one, maybe one of the most important questions. The one that got us the most places. (laughs) So it's easy to ask yourself the question, what can you do to live with this? But it's a little harder to then answer it and figure out, okay, what can I do to live with this? Ooh, especially... If you don't like the answer to the question, which <laughs> I'm, they're not always which great. I'm pretty sure is very common. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like, I don't like I don't what I have it. to do to live with this. Well, I think it's great asking the question even if the answer isn't ideal because it helps you realize that there's way more you can do than you had thought before. So we're going to talk about some of the things we've done to live with this. Yeah, this is so kind of ironic and it's just so like serendipitous. Ooh, I always wanted to use that word. <laughs> well, you just did. <laughs> and now's a chance. <laughs> but I don't remember. I think it was like 19 or something. And anyways, I'd just been told that I had this Epstein-Barr virus and chronic fatigue and all these things from this doctor. And I went to Goodwill 
I was in the book section and I saw there was this book and it was about how to take care of yourself when you have chronic fatigue. And I was like, oh my God, whoa. So I bought this 50 cent book and I went home and read it and it just blew my mind because it was all these things that I had never thought of, which may or may not seem a little more obvious to us now, like 15 years later or not. Sometimes it's so hard to see what we can do to live with something because at that time I was living every day in pain and diarrhea and fatigue. I didn't have the, the I don't know, like this energy and the strength and the mindset. It was really hard to be like, how can I live with this? Like I was struggling just to stay awake and not run off to the toilet, right? So finding this book completely opened my eyes. In the book, it explained about you can change your sleep and it gave tips and it was like, you can change your diet. And I started doing strength exercise and just all these things that the book recommended, these pillars of health. And I started to feel better. I would say like two and a half years prior to that, I never crossed my mind that what I ate affected me or how I slept affected my health or if I exercise, you know, that that stuff like it never, it never came to me. So for me, starting to ask the question, what can I do to live with this? How can I physically feel better? How can I set this day up so that I'll have less pain or my pain will be more tolerable? Asking those questions was just so... (laughs) Because I feel like up until the time, I I kind of really wasn't, I was living, but I was, every day was just like survival mode. And asking this question, what can I do to live with this? I feel like it's pushing you over to the thriving side, right? Like I have this and it sucks and it's stupid and it's painful. What am I going to do to live with it? Because I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. And also... I feel like thriving, it's like we hear this, I want to thrive. What does that even mean, I want to thrive? Well, it doesn't mean that you have to be a CEO of some giant Fortune 500 <gasps> company. Check. I'm Although, not if oh. you are, mm-hmm. great for you. But that oh, doesn't, yeah. that's not the only definition Yay. of thriving. Okay. Doesn't mean you have to be an Instagram model or <gasps> oh. a celebrity or I'm, a billionaire. I'm definitely not that. Check, None of those. Check, check. <laughs> but if you are, great for you. But oh, that's yes. not the only definition of thriving. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the definition of thriving is different for every person. So for me, it could be I feel like I'm thriving when I am able to go on a nice trip or I feel like I'm thriving when I just have a nine to five job and I can hold down my job or I feel like I'm thriving when I don't have diarrhea every five seconds. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I'm thriving when I can sit down to a meal that I've made for myself because I'm celiac and I got to be extra careful. And I feel like I'm thriving when I know that I have no allergens that are going to come my way. I feel in control. I feel empowered. I feel like I'm thriving, even though it's just a small little thing throughout the day that could be, I took a walk today and yesterday I felt like I couldn't. And the next day I'm going to take an even longer walk. And to me, that's thriving. You're a thriver, Brittany. Is that a thing? Can you, <laughs> it can't be now. Can you be a thriver? thriver. Can you be a thriver? <laughs> No, but I love that. I want to point that out because we always hear like we want to thrive. And then it's like, well, what does it even mean to thrive? And it's your own definition. And I love that. I am a person who I take naps in my car quite regularly. (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. Sometimes I've napped because the parking lot's a little bit far away to like walk down this really long hall in the parking garage. And sometimes I've napped under my desk in my cubicle. And I still consider that thriving because... I'm making it through the day. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a person with a chronic illness who has chronic pain, who is, I'm holding down a job. I'm responsible. I'm 
organized. I'm a nice person. I feel, yeah, thriving doesn't mean that you're so famous and powerful and ordinary people thrive. I mean, thriving doesn't mean that you have to be doing something that's seen as incredible in the eyes of society. Just living with endo and getting out of bed every morning? I'm sorry, that's incredible. So incredible, Brittany, who's thriving. My thriver. (laughs) Fellow thriver. (laughs) Okay, fellow thriver. (laughs) So what's your next empowered question? How can I get through this? That's a big one. Something I ask myself all the time Mm -hmm. right before my period Mm -hmm. and the debilitating pain is about to strike. You got plenty to try to get through. (laughs) (laughs) How can I get through this? Yeah, because that's not usually the first question. His first question is more of a statement of, The first question is, did I replace that toilet paper? (laughs) Where's my puke bucket? Sop up all my blood puke and poop. (laughs) Do I have enough everything? Otherwise, kitty, your fur is prime. (laughs) Wouldn't be like it's never happened before, so. (laughs) Like, why are there scratches on your butt? I'm like, I don't know. I just ran out of toilet paper. (laughs) I gotta grab the cat. (laughs) She was right there. I was in the middle of a flare. I had no choice. (laughs) Things go out the window. But what can I do to get through this is the important question because it's a question and something you're going to have to face constantly if you have endo. Well, there's so many situations that are terrifying. Well, at least for me and probably for many of you listening, like getting my period is absolutely terrifying because of the pain. Surgery is scary, right? Like going to get surgery, excision surgery, it's nerve wracking. Or even normal, quote-unquote, normal things like walking up a staircase the day after your period. (laughs) Yeah, that's out the window. (laughs) Forget it. How can I get up these stairs? You call the building manager like, excuse me, I'm going to need you to put in an elevator or at least. (laughs) This is not an accessible building. It's 2019. We need some accessibility up in here. Please get me an elevator. (laughs) Or even things like, I don't know, Brittany, like you, like we mentioned in a previous episode, like prepping your lunch for the week, right? Mm -hmm. It can be really tiring. It can just be like, I have to do this. (sighs) How do I I get through this? So it doesn't always have to be something so fear-invoking. Insurmountable, yeah. You know, some things are really unbearable, but some things are just like we hate doing them. Monotonous. So how can we, like, I hate showering. (laughs) I get that. Am I stinky, Brittany? No. Can you imagine she said yes? She's like, well, just <laughs> well, like a tiny bit. I'm but used yeah, to your smell. <laughs> honestly, I hate showering. So I was like, oh, I have to shower. So, well, it's a lot when you have hair that needs a lot of TLC. So. Yeah, a lot of hair. And plus, showering just makes me feel really fatigued afterwards. And so, okay, so let's take that example. What can I do to get through this because I have to shower? I wait till I'm about to go to bed because I know that after I shower, I'm going to feel like I want to pass out. So I'm like, oh, perfect. It makes me sleepy for bed. And here's another thing I do. <laughs> it's going to sound so romantic. I just shower by myself. I shower by candlelight. Mood. <laughs> yep. But I love it. it I don't know. The world it makes is, it an event. <laughs> the world is different when it's got dark and shadows. So I love candlelight or lamps and like ambient mood. lighting. Yes. So I shower by candlelight and. I put on soothing music 
And I only shower for like two minutes. <laughs> just like, okay, All I'm really not hurry, hurry for a two minute shower. <laughs> I love it. Because it made me feel so tired. Two minutes of getting I ready. I literally, after I shower, I, my eyes are closing while I'm toweling off. It's like I have to move my bed into the bathroom so I can just shower and then fall just, like, into and it. just keel over on the bed. <laughs> Those sound like really stupid and it's like, oh, she showered my candlelight, whatever. But it's something that is, I really had an aversion to showering and I'd be like, oh, I haven't showered in like five days. Disclaimer, (laughs) she does not smell. (laughs) She does not look dirty. She's one of those lucky people whose hair doesn't get greasy that fast. I have really curly hair. So my hair is like, yes, give me moisture. (laughs) So me, after, you know, I like shower the next morning, I wake up, I'm like, eh, my hair's greasy. Okay. (laughs) So not, I'm not one of the lucky ones, but. But I realized it was like, I never want, I would like, oh, I should shower tonight. I'm like, mm, maybe tomorrow. I just, I don't like showering. I have this weird aversion to it. So like, how can I make it into something that just feels more neutral? And so by doing those little things that I love, it became more bearable. What's another situation that, that we loathe or don't like doing? Mm, probably meal prep. Ooh, meal yeah. The good old meal prep. Mm. The end result's great, but the, the middle part, not so great. <laughs> On your feet. It's so hot. It's boring. Oil burns. <laughs> Food tastes like crap. <laughs> Burn stuff. <laughs> Drop stuff. It's Clean up. Sticky, and there's weird things going on, and it's... You don't know what's going to happen at the end. (laughs) Knives are dangerous. Yes. Sharp objects. Exhaustion. It's exhausting. Finding the time. Yeah. And because we have nothing else to do. So how do you get through it, Brittany? I usually just like to turn on some music that pumps me up. And that way I can be moving my body while I'm doing it. It's a little bit more like of an enjoyable experience. I'll sing along to my favorite songs. (laughs) Oh, my. And it's more like I'm having just fun. And I also happen to be cooking rather than, you know, I'm cooking, so I'll listen to some music. So I try to make the music really pumped up. You're dancing. Yes. You're cancing. Cancing. (laughs) I don't use music. I like podcasts. I'm like, ooh, I'm learning. So as I prep, oh, okay, it, mm, she tell me my music not good enough. <laughs> well, if we're gonna go there, okay, Thriver, then <laughs> I listen to podcasts at other time. Okay, <laughs> listen to my podcast in the shower, so at least I'm learning. I listen to my own podcast. <laughs> I do not. I do not. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like I've heard episode one, meet Brittany and Amy and the Red Dragon thirty five times. I've met myself multiple times. <laughs> No, that's good. Listening to something that keeps you engaged is really the point. doesn't matter what it is. Keeps you from being bored, basically. Or the TV on or whatever. Something. Okay. What else? Ooh. 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 I thought, thought, ooh, 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 ooh. I got a food processor Mm. because I was like, I cook all the time. Dicing onions is... Oh, that's I've cut my finger twice. Yes, she has. And not like... A little cut, like Stitches. sliced. <laughs> She's queasy. Yeah, don't do it. I almost passed out once. I was like, oh my God, it was not good. I am luckily not queasy at all and often have to help. Called Brittany. Can you tell me where the closest urgent care is as I almost pass out? Not the first time, won't be the last. <laughs> oh dear. But I got a food processor, which was 60 bucks, which is awesome. And it's just chops and cuts. You're like, ooh, onion, beep. That's it. The onion's diced. Three onions have been diced That's in so 10 nice. seconds. Yeah. Garlic. Poof. So that was very helpful. That made it a lot easier. It made it faster and less scary. Faster is key. Yeah. And less scary with a knife. Klutzy zone over here. (laughs) (laughs) 
I also like trying to pick one recipe that I'm really excited about or like one ingredient that I'm really excited about. I had a recipe and I make it the same way. And then I was like, "Mm, I wonder if I add a different herb to it. And then I was like, okay, I'm excited to see how it turns out. It's like one kind of thing that made me kind of curious or excited about what was going to happen. Helped my brain to be less bored while I was doing it. Well, I feel like recipes are key. Mm Mm-hmm. Because before I had recipes, I had improv. And guess what? I'm not a chef. <laughs> Doesn't turn out well. Yeah, improv cooking. And everything burns. And nothing tastes good. And sometimes you get food poisoning. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's more horror stories. Oopsie. And now I'm like, always stick to the recipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you see there's just little ways to make something that really, if you hate cooking, you have an aversion. It's like ways to, and you might not even be like, I'm not like, yay, I love cooking, but at least I'm like, oh, I'm neutral now. It's like, just I'm, bearable. Yeah, I'm just like, just okay, bearable. I have to do this, and I'll get through it, and when I'm done, I'm going to go just yeah. do something else, but I'm, I'm just not. going to not hate it. Yeah, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, cooking it up. I'm not going to love it, but I'm just going to not hate it. <laughs> and what about the period? The great period. The period. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even worth. It's not even worthy of the respect of calling it, it the, <laughs> <laughs> the evil time. Let's just call it. And what about the lowercase p? <laughs> this is not even worthy of an uppercase. What about the period, Brittany? The scary, overwhelming, terrifying, unbearable, unavoidable. <laughs> I'm getting the shivers. Oh, so God. you're scaring yourself. <laughs> Where's a paper bag to breathe in? You're going to hyperventilate. Well, I'm glad you asked. Oh, thank you. Okay. Because, well. Thank you, Miss Thriver. uh, Yeah, I'm going to (laughs) try. Well, I mean, this is such a big one. Obviously, this is the big one. Such a big one. We're going to talk way more about it in another episode. Because we want to dedicate 100% of our time to this. Okay. But as a a snippet. A little, yeah, a little sneak peek, I guess. I would say that one of the things that I do to prepare for mine is to prepare. So, like, doing the things, like, okay. Like when you're sure. going to go to war. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, basically, that's, yeah, I got to gotta get ready, get my kit together. I got to make sure I have enough tampons and enough pads, and I got to make sure I have any pain meds if I need them. I got to make sure I got my heating pad. I got to make sure I have all of my liquids ready to go. I got to make sure that my station is battle ready. <laughs> and that's how I prepare for mine. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, like, okay, if I'm just prepared, then I'm not sitting on the toilet going, like, oh, my God, I don't have any toilet paper. Oh, my God, I don't have a tampon. Oh, my God. I think Brittany's freaking out. Does anyone feel like Brittany's talking really, really fast? <laughs> Right now. My parents right. coming in two weeks. I don't feel prepared. <laughs> I pass you the paper, the invisible paper bag, so you can breathe into it. <laughs> okay, it's like let me let me give think of an analogy here. Would the bomb squad go into this arm bomb without prior knowledge? Without I don't know any uh, tools. Yeah, I don't know what the bomb squad wears. So we're gonna say that they wear vests to protect. They wear themselves. entire suits. They yes. wear boots. Okay, they wear. They're not gonna go in like high heels in a bikini. That's not gonna <laughs> yeah. work to defuse a bomb. Okay. <laughs> so don't go into a period with no sanitary products and no heating pad. It's just not gonna end well. <laughs> oh my god. Gotta so, be prepared. So be prepared. Okay. Also prepared means get your Netflix list, your playlist oh, ready yeah. on Netflix. What oh, are you yeah. going to binge watch? What are you going to... Get your bed nice and comfy. Oh, yeah. Fluffy. Fluffy all. Oh, yes. All the fluffies. Okay. <laughs> and then have something to look forward after. Maybe you're like, oh, when my period ends, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to paint my toenails. Or best to paint them beforehand, actually, so you can stare at them 
when you can't move your body. You're just like, all I can see is my toes because I can't move anything. Thank God I painted them beforehand. So I guess that will go in the prepared category. So There's a lot to prepare. (laughs) (laughs) But find ways that you can make your period more bearable. And we're going to talk about that in a whole episode coming coming soon at theaters near (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Didn't know we were playing in theaters. (laughs) So what's our next question? I think a really important question is how do I want to feel? About this. Ooh, good one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because this is versus the question, how do I feel? How do I actually feel? <laughs> yeah, how do I want to feel, right? Okay, this is how I actually felt for so many years. I felt furious at the world. I hated everything. I hated everyone. I hated even the people that were closest to me. You know why? You know why, Brittany? You know why? Because they weren't sick. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I want to get. You don't want to hate them, but you just do because you're like, okay, you can eat whatever you want. And whenever we go places, you do. Thank you, boyfriend. You eat whatever you want right in front of me. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a <laughs> I think she's having some flashbacks. <laughs> Must have paper. This episode is bringing up a lot Ooh, of a lot emo- psychological grief for both have Brittany and trauma. We're going to work through it live. We're going to work through it. Okay. Then. Their periods would come. Hello, roommates, whose periods just... Like, I'm going to take some acetaminophen before I go to the gym today. I'm on my period. <laughs> They're like, I'm on my period. Without a care in the world. Life's not falling apart. I just need some ice cream and everything will be better. I can't even have ice cream. They're not vomiting and <laughs> writhing in pain on the toilet. Okay. <gasps> Trauma. Breathe. 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 Must breathe. Must breathe. I felt sad, Brittany. That's how I actually felt. I felt so deeply sad i cried all the time like literally i cried all the time and that's just from the hormone it's like my eyes were just leaking all the time like people be like are you Who's cutting onions be like, are your eyes okay I'm like, no there's something wrong with them they're and full of sorrow like, like my heart <laughs> oh my god <laughs> went a little emo there i was upset that i could not eat the foods that i wanted i was stressed all the time because it's kind of stressful when you have to run off to not poop yourself every five minutes. Like, just a little bit tiny. Like, a tiny. A tiny bit just of a little fear. Tiny, just a you little know. tiny bit stressful. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Just so tiny. Oh, and finally, I was very stressed out by my quote-unquote solution from question one. What can I do to live with this? I realized, what can I do to live with endometriosis? I can bring my heating pad to work. I can lug around Tupperwares of food that I prepared myself. Oh, want to go on vacation? Pack a huge piece of foam in your suitcase because the inflammation body doesn't want you to sleep on everything that's not five inches of foam. Practical. <laughs> yes. It's I, always thinking of you. Yes. The foam is there to cushion you. It and has a name. And that's great. It's, it's called your majesty. Yes. I, don't misname it. <laughs> I respect, I so deeply love and respect my foam that allows me to travel. But then I have to pack a huge freaking suitcase so that I can go. Literally, it's a suitcase with her items and then a suitcase with your majesty in it. <laughs> I have seen it firsthand. You were like, you're only going away for one night and you have two and not even small. I'm not going to. The like, foam the, is huge. It's like giant full size. You have to like roll it up, fold it up a certain way and latch it. And so, yeah, I hated. I just, there's, oh, I just, I hated, hate, so much hate, hate, hate. Hate Brittany. Hate. Oh, gosh. There's a lot of hate. Okay. Control the gremlin. Control. 
So I think I'm pretty sure I understand how you actually felt. You put it very colorfully. Are you sure? Yeah, I, I think I, got, I think everybody listening got it. I think everybody listening also can relate. <laughs> but is that how you wanted to feel? Maybe a little bit, but like, what about the 99%? <laughs> no, I mean, who wants to feel angry and who, well, maybe some people, but who wants to feel Who wants to feel angry and who wants to feel sad? I want to feel like the way a puppy dog feels. Oh, happy at every moment and excited and and full of love. And full of joy and just so happy. I want to go hug my puppy. Oh, and so happy with my life. That's how I wanted to feel. I didn't want to feel reactive and judgmental and angry and scared all the time. I wanted to feel like I could handle it. And we are handling it. That's the thing. I did handle it. And we are handling it. But so many times we don't feel like we're going to be able to handle it, right? I'm like, oh, my God, another period. I can't do this. I'm like, but you've done it already for like 100 periods or I don't know how many. I just don't want to feel full of doubt and full of anger and furious at the world. I want to feel calm. And I want to feel at peace. And I want to feel happy, some semblance of joy and happiness, like a little puppy dog. They have so much joy and happiness. And I guess ultimately I wanted to feel like I accepted the things, like I didn't want to feel that feeling of unfairness, right? Like I wanted to just feel like, okay, I accept, like I accept these things and what I can change, I'll change. And what, what I cannot change, like I'll accept it from my own personal sanity. That's how I wanted to feel, Brittany. It's a really good feeling goal. I think by realizing how you want to feel, it gives you control over deciding how you want to feel rather than your feelings controlling you. As somebody who, you know, deals with anxiety, it's really easy to let your feelings control you. And it's really hard to control your feelings. But feeling like you have a little bit of power feels empowering. There's a lot of double words there, but it does because you feel like, okay, I can decide how I'm going to approach the situation. I can decide how I'm going to feel about this situation. It makes you feel like you have control over the way you feel rather than it controlling you. I think we're lucky in this day and age that there is a lot of books out there about living with your emotions and processing your emotions and how to take control of your feelings. And there's so many resources out there, even just from articles to like full-on self- help books, other podcasts, other resources. So learning to not react blindly to your emotions or to not bottle them up is something that is really valuable because it bleeds into all other aspects of your life. I think it's important to remember, as we've mentioned before, feelings are like patterns, you know? So when we start to adjust how we feel about a situation, we can adjust our thought patterns. And by thinking about how we want to feel and by adjusting our thought patterns, we're actually changing how we're going to approach situations in the future. And that's incredible to know that the way I feel about something today doesn't have to be the way that I feel about it next week. And I think that's really exciting to say, what does future me want? Ooh. Future me wants a large four cheese pizza with pepperoni. (laughs) I know. I I know. A girl can dream. (laughs) But I just love the flavor. There's something about the good pizza. I think Mm. it's the Italian in us. (laughs) I feel like pepperoni is pretty nostalgic, but I'm not sure if I'd actually want it with pepperoni. I think I would want it. Definitely four cheese and just like some spices. Isn't there a name for four cheese pizza besides four cheese pizza? Quattro formaggio. 
Oh, that's just four cheeses in Italian. Oh, my goodness. I told you I was Italian. (laughs) And those stewed tomatoes with some of the rosemary. Oh, yes. I'm going to Italy. (laughs) All right. Future me is in Italy in five minutes. (laughs) Wow. Whoa. Did you also invent teleportation? I Share did. Share that and, with the world. <laughs> I did. And goodbye. Okay. <laughs> no, I love you said about future me because if you remember the episode on on how to stop self-sabotaging your diet, it was all about thinking about what future you wants. And I think that's also, it's a really empowering question because it's, okay, I'm in this situation that I'm in now or I'm faced with a decision that I'm faced with, but not what do I want right now, this, you know, instant gratification like me right now is kind of like a little screaming three-year-old, right? It was like, ooh, shiny, I want that. Ooh, flavor, I want that. Now me is just, just driven by impulse. But future me, when I take into account what I want for the future, who do I want to be in the future? How do I want to feel in the future? Like even thinking what does future me want, when you start to envision what you want in the future, I envision a future with less pain. I envision a future where I can stay awake for more than three hours. Those are the kinds of things that I started to tell myself when I was 20 years old. And guess what? Those things started to come true because I started working towards having that future. Had I not imagined what does future me want? I don't know. It's like what they say, like, if you have a dream. Dream it, believe it or something. (laughs) If you dream it, you can be it or something like No, that. I was going to say, if you have a dream, you have to also take action to, I can't remember the saying, but like you have no, a dream. No, but it's like a dream is only a dream until you do something about yeah, it. And yeah. And then it becomes a goal, mm-hmm. right? So knowing what future you wants, future me wants to feel better or future me wants to speak Spanish. Okay, future me wants to speak Spanish, so I better start learning Spanish. You're not going to wake I up one day and be fluent. I'm not going <laughs> to. So, well, future me, actually, not Spanish, Italian. Hello, so I can order my pizza in style. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, you have to think about it to make it real. And so I think what does future me want? I think that's a really empowering question. Future you might be in two years from now. So it's one of those really long-term questions where it's not like, okay, what does future me in one minute want? <laughs> okay. Future me in one minute wants to scratch my foot. I don't know. They're long-term goals. Yeah, they're long-term. And so sometimes they feel less rewarding because the Mm. reward is so far away. But just sticking to it and little by little. And honestly, seriously, like time passes by so fast anyway. it's looking back that's the incredible part. Yeah. When you're like, a year ago, I couldn't even do X. And now look at me. Like, that's the biggest impact is when you're like, whoa, look where I've gotten from where I was. Yeah. Oh, a year ago, I was glued to the toilet. A year ago, I was sleeping all the time from my fatigue. A year ago, I couldn't hold a job. Look at you now, baby. So those are some of the big questions we've asked ourselves lately and throughout our lives. But there's so many empowered questions you can ask yourself. And basically, an empowering question is something that elicits a action or a response that's more than just superficial. And they start with action words like what or how, what can I do or how can I solve? And they help you find a solution to a problem that is really important to you. So we're going to just list some other ones that are also really important to us. And if you have some empowering questions, we encourage you to ask yourself those questions and share what you came up with. What about you, Amy? 
how can I do things more spontaneously? Oh. Because I have to, you know, bring the kit and the bomb squad everywhere I go, push around <laughs> the little baby stroller. I'm like, no, that's just full of endo supplies. <laughs> it's just baby strollers are really easy to push. <laughs> Better Fair. than bringing a backpack. So, yeah, how can I do things more spontaneously? That's a question that I've asked myself. A question I've asked myself lately is, what can I do to get better sleep? So I don't sleep so well. I have some insomnia. So I've been trying to find techniques to actually solve the problem so I can get adequate sleep because sleep affects everything you do. How can I have more time? How can I better manage my stress? What can I do to find gratitude today? That's a tricky one. That's a good one. How can I eat pizza that's four cheese with stewed tomatoes with rosemary without actually eating dairy? Dreams. And with, well, a gluten-free crust, but not any, like, fake cheese. What do you call fake cheese? Faux cheese. See, how can I do that? I'm going to invent it. That's what I'm going to do. Dreams. I'm gonna invent- yeah, I think dreams are great. I'm turning my dream into a goal, Brittany. Did you not learn anything from this podcast? Apparently not. not. It's only a dream until you take action steps. Well, they have to be realistic dreams. (laughs) All right. Last one, Brittany. Last one. Last one. What can I do to feel better about myself today? Because sometimes we feel really guilty about what we're dealing with or we feel frustrated with what we're dealing with. And sometimes I just need to remind myself Maybe it's having a cup of tea or reading a book just makes me feel better about myself today. That's what I ask myself a lot. So like I said before, we'd love to know some of the empowering questions you ask yourself. I'm sure there's plenty of questions we haven't asked ourselves that you're probably thinking of right now. So we'd love to hear the questions that you ask. And I really encourage people to share the questions that they ask because sometimes you don't know that there's something that you need to ask yourself until you read it. So. We'd love to be able to ask ourselves more questions, do some more creative thinking, find more solutions. I want more questions so that I can evaluate my life Uh and I can make it better and I can try to find solutions because solutions start with good. No, good solution starts with a good question. Wow, you should make that a motto. I don't know. It came to me right now in my head. (laughs) (laughs) If it's somebody else's, we're sorry, but we have literally never heard it before. So (laughs) sounds great. But yeah, it's all about the things that you ask yourself are going to elicit the answers. So let us know what you ask yourself. And what your answers are. Yes. Both are important. We want both sides. Yes. Both sides of the coin. And we want to know if you know how to make cheese from a (laughs) non-dairy substance. (laughs) We want to know your favorite pizza. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast today. We hope it gave you a lot to think about. We certainly thought a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just gave herself away when you weren't thinking a lot. No, we put a lot of energy into this. Okay, we thought a lot. We asked ourselves a lot of questions. A lot of questions like, we didn't want to have to we answer. Don't like so. the answers. <laughs> so how oh here's an empowered question. You ask yourself a question, you don't like the answer, so you're like, what can I do to become more neutral about the answer? Wow. Um, wow. Genius. Mike drop. Is ex- <laughs> Mike drop. <laughs> You're so terrible. We're ending this so I can go strangle Brittany. Oh, my God. Oops. Note to self. If I die, everyone knows who it was. It's just like a picture of me in the newspaper with my hands around your neck. I'm like, cheese all over my who face. Who took the picture? 
I don't know. Selfies are a thing, Brittany. <laughs> I took a I took a murder selfie. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. I would do that. <laughs> I took the selfie. Oh, okay. Of you murdering strangling me with I one have hand. Hands, do you have though. three hands? <laughs> Your neck is small. I could do I could do it with one hand. Okay. You do have long fingers. I'll give you that. <laughs> We're gonna end this. So thank you so much for listening. We love talking to you. We love hearing from you. Never hesitate to reach out to us. We love when you reach out to us. Your words make such an impact to us, honestly, when you reach out. I know it can be like a little intimidating, but we're just normal people. And when you message us on Instagram. I'm a normal person. Well, I'm the normal person. But Mm -hmm. when you message us, it makes such a big impact because we do this to connect with you. When we know that we're connecting, it's so incredible. So really, we encourage you to reach out. Yeah, Brittany does a much better job in the podcast if someone's wrote us and it's like, I love your podcast, but it's like, oh, okay, I'll I'll try harder. <laughs> I'm just a perfectionist. <laughs> oh my goodness. So speaking of Instagram, in 16 years of endo is our Instagram handle. So we'll see you there. We'll see you in the next podcast. And we hope you have a very empowered Q&A session. <laughs> 